Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This time on Vet Story. Um, I had a head injury in training. Designated marksman on Overwatch details. So they gave me a Barrett and I sat on rooftops. Mortar lands right next to it. Had I been standing up to pee, I'd be dead. But I came home and I started having problems. He helped your wife who left you. You know, I don't need to drink myself to death on Christmas Eve. I need to go to church. And they say they're full. I got tears streaming down my face. And I loaded a bread of nine millimeter and I put it to my temple and I pulled the trigger. Their emotions and their memories are just too difficult to process. We're trying to get FDA approval to make MDMA into a prescription drug to assist with psychotherapy to treat PTSD. And then that produces this feeling of trust and intimacy. Um, one of the first things I said when the kicked in was, oh my God, I still understand why people take this now. Welcome to Vet Story. I'm your host, Phil Briggs, and today we'll talk about how the drug, commonly known as ecstasy, may actually cure PTSD and be the, pardon the pun, X-factor in helping stop suicide. Now, it's interesting to note that we're releasing this podcast in the month of May, which is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental health, especially in the veteran community, is something we always need to be mindful of. Though our friends and loved ones can seem to have little or no outward symptoms, many could be dealing with invisible wounds. And although veterans are certainly a category of people who can experience PTSD, the data shows that many people suffer from mental health conditions, which all too often can lead to suicide. From the front lines to first responders to our own family, the need to treat post-traumatic stress and depression has never been greater. And as I read this script right now, its importance is underscored by today's somber anniversary. May 18th, the day we learned that legendary Soundgarden frontman Chris Cornell had taken his own life. Black hole sun, won't you come? So when I read a recent article in the New York Times by Pulitzer Prize-winning writer Dave Phillips about a scientific study that was finding real success treating veterans with ecstasy, I had to learn more. Was it really the club drug? The glow sticks, the raves, the nightclubs, rolling, tripping. Was that the answer? So we reached out to the group of mental health professionals doing the study. Brad Burge, B-U-R-G-E. 
and I'm the Director of Strategic Communications at the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, otherwise known as MAPS. Brad, welcome to Vet Story. Hey, thanks so much, Phil. All right. I got to admit, when I first heard about your organization, I was like, what? Really? Hold on now. There's a there's an organization known as the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. I mean, if the ATF division of government sounded kind of strange, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, this organization just sounds like, I, I don't know, like polka dot walls and hacky sacks and love sacks and beanbag chairs. But it's, it's really where science meets psychedelics. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's exactly what we're trying to do is we're trying to shift that that perception. We see cannabis and psychedelics not as drugs that must be abused or that are always going to be abused, but rather as tools that can be used for very specific medical and therapeutic purposes. Well, very cool. And I, I, I know that this study that I read about recently you know, really touched me because I talked to a lot of warfighters. I've talked to a lot of guys here on Vet Story and heard a lot of really just gripping details. And oftentimes what pains and what kind of invisible wounds that they take with them. So when I read about MDMA, which, you know, we know is ecstasy, um, treating a PTSD. And then I read that the study had been recently published in a publication called the Lancet Psychiatry. Um, it gave it some real legitimacy. And so as I dove a little deeper into your story here, um, you'd stated that you'd had some really remarkable results treating people with these invisible wounds, this this severe PTSD. And I was surprised, one, that this study was going on, and two, that it was actually regulated and approved by the FDA. So tell me about the study. Yeah, so... The research that MAPS conducts is all regulated and approved by the FDA, uh, also by the DEA and by ethics board. So we're completely above board in what we're doing. And the reason there being is because we're trying to get FDA approval to make MDMA into a prescription drug to assist with psychotherapy to treat PTSD. So MAPS has just completed six what are called phase two pilot studies. Those are early studies looking at how MDMA combined with psychotherapy can reduce symptoms of PTSD in military veterans and people who are survivors of sexual assault and abuse, of terrorism, violent crime, natural disasters, and every other cause of PTSD. Uh, This study that just came out in the Lancet Psychiatry, that was to date uh, our largest study published yet. And that study focused on military veterans, also police officers and firefighters suffering with PTSD, so service-related PTSD. And what we found is that after just two or three sessions of MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, that about 60% of people didn't suffer from PTSD anymore. So they didn't just have their symptoms reduced, but actually didn't have PTSD anymore. They didn't qualify for PTSD. They wouldn't have been able to get their VA benefits um, with that level, which is which is a good thing because the symptoms are low enough. So just to highlight, this isn't taking MDMA every single day. This isn't just feeling better and erasing the symptoms like cannabis does or like some other uh, approved pharmaceuticals can do. But really, people only took the drug two or three times and found those lasting benefits. Now, while that sounds great, I wanted to learn more about what it was like to experience this study to really know what it was like to take the MDMA in a psychotherapy setting. And to do that, we reached out to an Army veteran who had one hell of a story. Jonathan M. Lebecki, which is one of my my now-retired service dogs, his name is Becky. Nice. 
tell me about your service, man. Tell me about where you were stationed and, you know, a little bit about the history of John. Mid-90s, I'm a high school kid. I had always known I was going into the military. I just didn't know what branch, and I always knew I wanted to fly. But I was blind as a bat, so I couldn't be a pilot. So I ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps and was very, very lucky. I got the opportunity to be a loadmaster on C-130s. And so for four years in the Marine Corps, I flew around the world. I lived in Japan for a year. I visited, you know, countries people only dream about um, and had a blast. And then, you know, I met my now ex-wife. Uh, we got married and I got out like a lot of Marines do. I did my time and I got out. And then I watched the towers come down on 9-11. I went into the Army. We go to Camp Atterbury in Indiana for training. We deploy. Um, I had a head injury in training. I had a blast injury because I got blown up in a port Uh Crappiest place to get blown up, but <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. And may I just, may I laugh? May, may I? <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, it's okay. You can laugh. It's actually pretty damn hilarious. Was it on a fob? Was it outside the wire? Where, I mean, no, it, it was on the fob. I mean, I did go outside the wire. I was a designated marksman on Overwatch details, so they gave me a Barrett, and I sat on rooftops. But I got up in the middle of the night, and I was tired. <laughs> this is one of those weird, crazy things. Um, got up in the middle of the night, had to take a leak. So I walked to the Portage on, and I'm tired. So I sit down to take a leak. Mortar lands right next to it, threw a shrapnel straight through the Portage on. Had I been standing up to pee, I'd be dead. But every piece of shrapnel missed me, went through the port john dented the uh, dumpster that was next to the port john But, again, cool story. You know, I mean, it, we've got, you know, we're military. It's all about stories. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. between that, my base got mortared. I was I was based out of a lot. Okay. Um, and our base got mortared like 6,000 times. And I, I deployed 0506. So you're talking smack dab in the center of the Sunni Triangle during the Civil War, during the elections, and Saddam's trial and execution. Mm. It is one of the worst times in that country. But I came home, and I started having problems. I really had a problem on Christmas Eve 2006. My wife had left, moved in with a white colonel. That's always fun. Oh. She, she took the furniture. She took my dog. She sold my motorcycle. Yeah, I came. I found out when I watched everyone in my unit go to someone, a parent, a child, yeah. a girlfriend, a wife. I went out in the rain, activated my cell phone, started calling my, my wife, trying to figure out where she was to no answer. I ended up taking a taxi home. And actually, it's kind of funny. I walked in the house. I looked around, walked out of the house got in the car and had him take me to a hotel. I wasn't dealing with that on my night coming back. So, oh, God bless you, brother. And and I'll say I, I have no idea how it could feel on top of the combat that you'd survived, but I do know this, and I'll share this with you, brother. I did the exact same thing in the Navy style. I went out to sea and I came home and found an apartment that had been half emptied by a former wife of mine and uh it's, it's shocking i, I think i, I got I mean, a ride to a bar though in trip in typical navy yeah. fashion i think i went to the pub and i sat there for the rest of the night i went to a hotel and went and sat in a hot shower for three hours another advantage of hotels that don't run out of hot water to get all that grime off me from the desert yeah and then i went to a bar but, okay okay good um, for you. 
<laughs> and I do think I went to the bar at the hotel before I even checked in. And I do, but I do remember this: I did not pay for any drinks that night. Oh, that's, I mean, it's the least we could do, brother. Least we could do. But okay, so we're back from you know we're back in Conus. Boom, wife's gone. So, you know, I'm trying to get the wife back. We're doing all our briefings. Oh, this is one thing from the briefings. So when you come back, you got like a week's worth of briefings you got to do. Oh, okay. One of them was legal. So this attorney gets up and he, you know, says the usual spiel. And then he goes, if you have specific things, come to the back of the theater. So I go back there. I go, so my wife left, so I need to cancel all my powers of attorney and figure out what I'm supposed to do. He looks at my last name, and I do have a unique last name for the military. I think we talked to your wife. You need to get a civilian attorney because there's a conflict of interest. Yes, an so, army attorney told a soldier who just came back from a combat zone, so go get a civilian attorney because we helped your wife who left you. Oh, oh, they're supposed to be your lawyer. Exactly. And I know they can't represent me in a divorce or anything like that, and I didn't expect them to, but, like, tell me what the next step is. They're like, nah, we, we helped your wife, sorry. And I was like, are you the one she moved in with? So I came back to a lot of bad stuff. Right. And so I went out on Christmas Eve and was sitting at a bar. I'd had two drinks, so I wasn't drunk or anything. And I heard the midnight mass church bell. And I realized, you know, I don't need to drink myself to death on Christmas Eve. I need to go to church. So I go downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, and they say they're full. Come back tomorrow. I got tears streaming down my face at this point. And they're like, nope. Come back tomorrow. I'm like, let me stand in the back. Nope. All right. So then I go sit on the war memorial on the Capitol grounds for about an hour, coming up with new and inventive ways to kill myself. And it popped in my head. The Army always said, if I thought about this stuff, go to the hospital. So I got in my car, and I drove to Womack Army Medical Center. And I told them I was going to pull it, put a bullet in my brain. So they gave me six Xanax and told me to uh, give my guns to a neighbor and come back after the holiday. So at that point, I kind of got the message. And I went home, and I drank a bottle of vodka. Mm-hmm. And I loaded a bread of 9 millimeter, And I put it to my temple, and I pulled the trigger. And the gun malfunctioned. By the way, for all the listeners, there is a happy ending to this story. Sorry to be so depressing in the beginning. No, we are going on a journey, and this is how we do it, man. And this is why Vet Story is here, because I want everyone to experience 3D, 360 degree, the way your world worked, because the ending here is really cool. So, yeah, keep on going. So John's story continues to unfold, and he found himself on a path that took him to the VA and then had him taken up to 40 pills a day. He took the serotonin uptake inhibitors. He took the benzodiazepines. He took the Ambien for sleep. He took the Seroquel. He was on the combat cocktail. Eventually, to stop taking so many pills and to get better sleep, he started smoking some pot. But he still had thoughts of suicide. So this is because I have a blast injury TBI coupled with PTSD. Those two work against each other and make things far worse than either one individually. No matter, I could be having the greatest day of my life, and the would pop. And it, it would be, you should die, jump off a bridge. And it wasn't voices in my head, but it was urges, if that makes any sense. You know, I live in Charleston, beautiful sunny day, at the beach, beautiful women everywhere, driving my car, and it pop in my head, you should drive off that bridge. And I, I would, I would like, 
envisioned myself doing it. And it was really, I lived my life for eight years by planning my own suicide in the future and continually changing the date. So trapped in a cycle of continual suicidal ideations, John eventually got the opportunity that saved his life. So I go to one of my appointments at the VA. My shrink wasn't available for my, my appointment. So they could make another one for the next day. Or I could just sit in with an intern. I said, as long as I get my meds, I really don't care who I go see. So I sat in with some intern from the Medical University of South Carolina because the VA here works with them. She, sl- she goes, you know, I'm an intern, so I've probably read your file more, more than anybody around here. So she slides a folded piece of paper across the desk. She goes, when you leave the VA, I want you to open that. If I walk out of the VA and I open the piece of paper and all it says is three things. So Google. MDMA PTSD. So I Googled it. I got in touch with the Midhoffers, uh, the people doing the research here in Mount Pleasant, which is just outside Charleston. And they said, sure, come on in. Let's see if you qualify. And they're like, you qualify. I was the 26th person in the 26th person study. Now, this brings us to the part of the conversation that I was dying to know about. What is MDMA psychotherapy? They hand you some rolls and turn on some music. John was generous enough to share with us the intimate details of what went on during the session. The research is done in a, in a house that's been renovated into a medical office, but one of the rooms is still a bedroom, and that's where they do the therapy. So, okay, so, so it's not like you're in a doctor's office for 24 hours with the paper on the, <laughs> the, paper on no, the no, bed no, 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 there no. and everything. Okay. So, you know, it's very comfortable. As a matter of fact, they're like, if you've got a favorite pillow, if you've got a favorite blanket, I brought a blanket that I love. Um, so I brought that with me. And before I did it, I was very nervous. Um, in part because, you know, I didn't think it'd work, honestly. And I figured it's not going to work, but I'll roll three times on X. It'll be a fun story. But I was also really worried because I'd always been told about bad trips. Right. I was very concerned that I was going to go into a flashback under the influence and hurt people. So we've all, all us vets that have problems have that guy, that one guy that can always talk us off a bridge. So I gave them his numbers that if I go screwy, you call him, he can talk me down. Um, and he knew I, it was going on that day. It was a Saturday. So, but they do all the tests and hook me up to all the machines for like blood pressure, temperature, all that stuff. Cause it's an FDA study. So they got to do it and start rolling camera and they give me a pill and, uh, it was green. I kind of wished it was red or blue, but, um, red pill, blue pill, Neo, which one? Exactly. Oh, <laughs> um, but it's a green pill. I pop it in my mouth. I swallow it. And I just sit there for like 40 minutes. And then all of a sudden it kicked in. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Um, and it's kind of funny because there's a, a painting of, they have a reproduction of a painting, famous painting, of a gorilla. And I kept thinking it was Homer Simpson. But um, but then we start talking. And, you know, at, at the very beginning, they, they're talking about, all right, how you feeling, blah, blah, blah. You, like, you, you kind of feel the waves of the relaxation sort of surging through your body? I mean, is that kind of... It's like... Doing therapy in a warm, loving embrace by the person who loves you the most in the world while being completely smothered by puppies licking your face. But will the MDMA work? 
Will it actually stop those that suffer from horrible PTSD and depression from having suicidal ideations? We'll examine that in part two of this podcast on the next episode of Vet Story. Their emotions and their memories are just too difficult to process aloud, so they push them away. But with this bonding, this hormonal intimacy that they experience with MDMA, it's actually easier for them to connect with their therapist and to share their emotions. in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 